Cut. Oh, fucking cut. Now I'm gonna go buy, no, I'm, no, I'm gonna go purchase one. That's the problem. This this ain't fuck me. When I was like, you know, the background is mom and dad was addicted to crack cocaine. Okay. Right? All praises to the most high. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Doc Holiday Show where we love to uplift black men, black woman, black teen, black child, black royalty. And today I am joined by another black royalty, the warrior, Hebrew, my ock, my man who is putting in work for the culture, my guy, Rashad Singleton. Rashad, what's happening, bro? Shalom, shalom, brother Doc. Hey, it's a blessing. It's a it's a complete honor to be a part of your show. Thank you for having me, fam. No, thank you for, uh, for for being here, man. First of all, I've been watching you, man, following you on Instagram and some of the other things that you're doing, man. For people that don't know about you, tell the world about Rashad Singleton. I know a lot of people know about you, but my viewers, man, tell the people about Rashad Singleton, where you're from, man, a little bit about your background. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I grew up in... Um, in North Florida. I was born in St. Mary's, Georgia. Uh, both of my parents was in the Navy. I was a Navy kid. Uh, traveled a little bit in my youth and we wound up settling in North Florida, north of Tallahassee. Uh, went on to do pretty well in basketball there. Received a basketball scholarship to the University of Georgia. Uh, attended there. Um, also attended Florida Southern College as well. Uh, went on to be with the New York Knicks back in 2009, part of their summer league. Had a little bit of an injury, took some time off, and uh, ended up going overseas. So played overseas since 2009 now. Uh, played in Japan three or four years. Uh, played in Europe, you know, Romania, places like this. Played in Central America, played in Venezuela. Played in the motherland, played in Angola, played in Tunisia. Um, it's been a beautiful experience, brother. You know, coming from a small town, you can imagine, you know, traveling the world is not something you can imagine um, growing up, especially on a dirt road. But, you know, when you have the opportunity to, and you know more than anybody as an athlete, we're not able to go on these, um, what you call it, these international trips that, mm -hmm. you know, students be taking uh, foreign exchange programs and things like, we don't know what that's like, you know what I mean? And, and it always looks so fun. We see people come back, they tell their stories. But uh, overseas basketball definitely allows you to, to live that out a little bit. And, uh, you know, just through traveling the world, my brother, you know, I just began to understand you know, all these different nations had their own businesses. And that began to make me wonder, you know, why are, why is my people, why when I come back to the States, we're the only people that don't have businesses. I go to Japan, the Japanese people own businesses. When I go to Qatar, the Qatarians own businesses. When I go to Venezuela, Venezuela own businesses. Even when I go to Angola, the Angolans own businesses. But when I came back home, we didn't own no businesses, brother. So that began to make me research and uh, just kind of study. And um, and that made me want to write. So I became an author as well as a professional basketball player. And, you know, that's kind of led me to just one, you know, liberation for Black Americans as a whole. All praises to the most high. Now, that's what I want to get in because basketball player, major college basketball. I mean, you didn't just play basketball, bro. You play major college basketball because Georgia and the power for SEC – but just being a basketball player and an athlete, a lot of times, you know, 
we get stuck. A lot of us don't know what to do after our playing careers is over because that be our identity, but you haven't done that. Basketball, salute, brother. Fine, I salute you for that. But what I salute you more for is that what you're doing now. You say you're an author. Talk about some of the books you've written, man, and why you wrote those, wrote those books. And you're also president of the National Reparations League. And we're going to talk about that as well, man. But just talk about some of these books you have written because I stopped following you and I became such a fan because, first of all, it's, it's great to see a strong black brother fighting for the culture, fighting for the community, and trying to uplift us because that's what I'm doing. So, And I know a lot of your books have done that as well. Yes, sir, Brother Doc. You know, when I heard the phrase, if you want to hide anything from a black man, put it in a book, I was highly offended by that. And I began to think about some of the books that we were told to read in school. You know, they told us to read Huckleberry Finn. And they told us to read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. But Nobody said anything about uh, From Babylon to Timbuktu. Yes. Nobody said anything about uh, they came before Columbus. You see, my brother. So I had to write a book that could be scholarly enough to teach in the classrooms, but it can be clear enough to be understood in the streets. You see, my book, my book, I purposely don't make it long because, you know, some of our people can get intimidated when they see a big, big, huge book. I made it specifically a few, you know, a hundred or something pages just so I can get the information to our people. And the books that I wrote, the one that's the most popular is The Hypocrisy of Democracy, how the American dream became the African-American nightmare. I also wrote Arise Brother. This is a call to Black Kings. I also wrote Ode to the Black Queen, God's Greatest Creation. The reason why I wrote these books, brother, the hypocrisy of democracy, I wanted to address two specific things. One, we have not been paid reparations when everybody else who suffered in this nation did get paid reparations. And two, what is it about the Israelite history and our history that's connected? And why haven't they taught us more about it? You see, why they didn't teach us that uh, the oldest Bible in the world is in Ethiopia. Why they didn't tell us that the Hebrew people was a derivative of, of the Hebrew people and that the people that was being shipped over, you could literally see signs that say, find Hebrews, Hebrews for sale. Why they didn't teach us this? Why they didn't teach us that some Native American tribes had the 10 commandments written in stone in ancient Hebrew? Why they didn't tell us that the, the first slaves uh, uh, that built the, 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 uh, the, the African, the first African church in Savannah, Georgia, they wrote in the pews in cursive Hebrew, but they, they didn't even know how to read and write in English. They weren't allowed. So how was they writing in 
cursive Hebrew. So I had to address these two things in the hypocrisy of democracy. Uh, Arise brother family was just a, this is a call for what we're doing right here. It's time for good brothers, put the damn remote down, turn the TV off, put the video game down, and it's time to unite. What has our generation done? Okay, let's 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 be clear. Great grandparents, they got us out of slavery. <laughs> grandparents, they got us the right to vote. Our parents' generation, they did our, they did their best to get us equal wages. What have we done? You see, what is what has our generation done? And that's what has has brought me to the point of wanting to fight for reparations. I believe it is our generation that can truly get reparations for our people. And last but not least, uh, the third book out of the seven that I've written that I'm most proud of is uh, Old to the Black Queen. You know, brother, that, that we, we, we learned all about all the white queens in history. Snow White was white. Beauty and the Beast was white. Beauty and the Seven Dwarves. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Queen Elizabeth, all oh, everybody's white. They didn't tell us about Queen Nzinga of Angola. They didn't tell us about uh, Queen Asantua of Ghana. They didn't tell us about the Candace Queens. You know, the, the the list goes on. Like, why you didn't? Why you? Why can't we see our black women as royalty? But see, then that's when you understand the fact. That's why some of our women want to be and act like them because we allow white and European culture to dictate what is royalty, what is beauty. And this book is addressing that we have been lied to. It is our black women that sets the, uh, the, 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 the levels and the standards of beauty. It was our black women that we've been wearing. They they they've been wearing long nails and 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 you know they we could talk go into the history of them uh, wearing a dress and you know they made the back dress to copy the black woman but the backside this this they imitate you they take something of yours and they sell it back to you so old to the black queen is just addressing that hey black women black American women I know nobody have told you this. But you do come from queens. Some of you are meant to be queens, and some of the, all of you are queens. And it's time that uh, you know we just show our women uh, to be the royalty that they are. All praises to the Most High, brother. And that's another reason why I wanted to get you on here, man, because you said it, man. Brothers, we have to unite. Now we have all of the all these differences, and the thing about it, brothers, that we find every reason to argue with one another and be divisive. Now. I realize that we the real Hebrews, we are the Israelites, and you realize that as well, but we got all these different doctrines and all these things that have polluted our mind. And as you said, the history has lied to us. They're only going to show us and tell us what they want us to know, but it's really up to us to just scratch back the surface of it, man, because the, the very next level is some truth in that. When do you get to the point where you, you, you realize, okay, this is who I am because I tell people all the time, I was not African-American when I was born in 1973. Now, that term just came around around 1988, 89. I'm not black because this is black. I'm not Negro because that's the same thing. We have a history that we have not been taught about. When did you learn and realize, like, okay, this is who I really am, your awakening period, and you're like, okay, now I got to do something about this. 
a great question, brother. You know, that's the question that I like to ask other brothers too. So I'm gonna ask you the same question. Uh, um, family, it was around this time. <laughs> Believe it or not, it was around this time. Um, I was looking at the history of Christmas and came across, I think it was one of the IUIC videos. And the brother was just, just, I mean, just slicing everything that I believe, every, every lie that I have. I mean, they was just chopping it up. They brought out Jeremiah 10 and 1. Uh, do not do not go the way of the heathens. You know, they cut out a tree out of the forest, they decorate it with silver and gold. So that it moveth not. And, you yeah. know, they looking in the Come on, brother. They mean, I mean, I'm sitting there looking at the camera. They looking at me like, what other tree that they decorate with silver and gold? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, like, yo, this is, this is deep. You know what I mean? And they started just breaking down the holidays and they said, you have to understand the most important verse, one of the most important verses that my people suffer, not for a lack of money, not for a lack of resources, said my people suffer from a lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 and 6. of knowledge. And then he brought out the revelations. <laughs> revelations 2.10. For I know of thy poverty, but thou art rich. I know of those who say they are Jews and are not, but of the synagogue of Satan. They broke that down. Okay, so at, at, the, at the end of it, it was like... The, it was the matrix was was broken brother yeah. <laughs> like it was just broken it, it was it was stuff that you couldn't you can't you know how can i refute this like how can you like this is what they did and if you think european culture and colonizers would manipulate everything but the bible i mean you got to be crazy to believe that you think they touch everything but they didn't touch the bible like you got to be crazy. Yeah. So, you know, just understanding that, brother, that gave me a lot of clarity. I mean, I absolutely love. Now, go ahead, bro. I mean to cut you off because what you're saying, it, it. I think you and I were on similar. We, we're on similar paths, and we've been on similar paths because I'm, I'm the same way. And when you come to an awakening and understand who we truly are. People feel threatened. They get mad. It's like, no, I mean, why would you get mad? Because I've come to a realization of who I am now. Because the most I said in those days that my people go, will, will remember themselves in the land of their captivity. That's what's happening right now. But I know on your on, on your Instagram page, man, Rashad Singleton, man, Black Excellence, I love what you post. I love the content. I love what you're doing. I love what you stand, stand for. Uh and I know sometimes, man, you, you you face some backlash, and I be sitting back like, there's nothing wrong with what you just said. You're just giving information, true information. How do you deal with that, man, and how do you continue going? Because I'm the type, bro, I want to put my hands on you. Like, I don't want to be doing all this social media back and forth. I want to touch you and, uh, you know what I'm saying? But you can't do that. So how do you make it through that, man, and continue to do what you do and provide the information and the content that you do? You know, brother, to be honest, my love for my people overshadows any of that. You know, that is meaningless. 
as the old saying goes, as long as you don't put your hands on me, we good. I ain't got no problem with you as long as you don't put your hands on me. So that's how I wear it, brother. And that's how you kind of, and if you if you cared about it any more than that, you would go crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's constant. You know what I mean? You got constant control. But brother, you know, I have to, I have to, what would, what would Malcolm X do? He got it all the time. What would Dr. King do? He got it all the time. What did, what did, what would Sister Rosa Parks do? She got it all the time. You know what I mean? Yet they were able to do it with such a class and dignity. You never really see it. You never really saw them broke. And I try, brother. I would never be in the same class of those people. But I try to do it with somewhat of the same dignity. Even when I'm speaking in real life, uh, you're always going to have some naysayers. And if you don't, you're probably doing something wrong. Big facts. Now, you're president of the National Reparations League. Talk about that, man. It's really self-explanatory. But I like the fact that because I sit, like I said, I mean, you know, kindred spirits, because I'm like, okay, Biden, you're going to get these people. I mean, you know, but see, I understand why these things have happened to us because we disobeyed the creator. I understand that, but still, there are things that need to be made right. And this world doesn't seem to want to make it right with us. And I'm like, okay, but still, you're still fighting for reparations and fighting for what we're owed. Explain exactly what you do with the National Reparations League, bro. Family, you know, I see people on TV talking about a lot of things. I see black men every day with veins coming on the side of their neck talking about sports. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys and this and LeBron James this and the Lakers this. But I don't see nobody talking about reparations. I don't see nobody saying that we're the Israelites. See, this goes back to the hypocrisy of democracy. The two most important things that our people need to talk about, we're not even talking about it. We are dared to talk about it. Hell, are we going to get shadow banned on social media from talking about it? What you think they're going to do it to us in real life when they can withhold a check, put you in suspension? So, brother, I had to figure out a way. I see some people in California doing a few things with reparations, and some folks in Virginia might be doing some things. You got some, a committee in Georgia trying to form, trying to do something. But where's the unity? Where is the one unity that we need? And if you understand Dr. Marcus Garvey, he was big, but his organization was huge. They was in the millions. And the reason why they was able to get so much, I mean, you think about it, they was buying ships, brother. They was getting ready to buy, they had the ships. How did he get that money? Because they was united. And they moved as one. They were so united, the whole all black America was thinking about moving back to Africa. <laughs> like that, that's how united they were. So I said, there's never been a united effort, a united front for reparations. That's what I'm trying to create. No gimmicks. This ain't no 
you know, we fighting for this and that and the third. We are fighting for the reparations for the descendants of enslaved people in the United States and Jim Crow. And the reason why we add that and Jim Crow, that brings it to the present. Because you have to understand, Jim Crow was nothing about, that, that was not freedom. We think, we, we treat Jim Crow like it was something like, that was no freedom in there. And if your parents suffered Jim Crow, you are old. <laughs> Brother, if you was born in 73, you just did make it out. So I know your parents are old. You know what I mean? This is, we, we have to talk about this. And the reason why we have to talk about this, certain Native American tribes got reparations. So-called Jewish people got reparations. Japanese Americans got reparations. And slave masters. Slave masters got reparations. So for us to not bring it up is a disservice to our ancestors. The National Reparations League is trying to correct that. I mean, I, I love the whole spirit of it, and I'm, I'm totally with it. That, and that's the thing I always talk about and I always think about because that is the point. It's like we don't we, – we get too comfortable. We've gotten too comfortable in captivity for one, but a lot of us be like, ah, we ain't in captivity. Okay, you keep thinking it if you want to, but my whole thing is that why settle for crumbs or even a slice of bread when, you, when, when the, really the whole bakery is supposed to be yours and ours and we owe so much because we've contributed so much and – Saying what you said, I made I made an episode earlier on the Doc Holiday show talking about black brilliance, about all the things that we have invented, which is pretty much goddamn everything, including this this phone right here and cameras and everything, man. So, as you said, for us not to ask for it, for us not to come, and it's 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 so much fear. And my whole thing is that the Most High is the only one you should be fearful of anyway because he's the only one that can do something to you anyway. But a lot of times, we don't want to hear that. We get comfortable. We be like, all right, I'm good with my $60,000, $70,000 a year job. And that's so far in the past. I'd be like, how do you how you honor your ancestors like that? And it's not so far in the past because my dad lived in Jim Crow down in Mississippi and sharecropping and had all that stuff taken from them. So not only do we fight with the other nations, we have to fight amongst ourselves, man. So how do you push through and make it through that? Because that could be extremely difficult trying to bring us together. Like, can we just please all our differences? Can we put it to a side and come together and focus on this one goal right now? How do you push through and fight through that? Because it, a lot of times it'd be us battling with one another, bro. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely right, brother. And that's a great question. Uh, it was troubling at first, you know. When I bring up reparations and I hear some of our people say, oh, we ain't going to never get that. Uh, 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 yeah, why y'all keep begging the white man for this and that? I just have to shake my head in disappointment that they don't get it. Because if I took their paycheck from one week, just, just, just this week, if I just took a paycheck, they will be ready to put hands on me. But the white man, he took your checks for centuries. You see, when we, never mind the lynching, the hanging, the raping, the kidnapping, the stealing. Let's just talk about 
about the stolen labor because that can be pinpointed. That can be calculated. They stole wages. And it's hard to make some make a person want to fight for something that they that that is theirs. But you know, here's the thing, brother. One thing I like what the military says: a few good men. You only need a few good men to get something done. So even the Bible says, and that's why it's so important to know the word, because even the word says that only a third of our people is going to get it. 144,000, is that right? Yeah, two-thirds, the most I says two-thirds got to go. Only one-third, the 144,000 are, are like select, elect Israelites, like on the top of the chain, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Two-thirds ain't going to get it. So what do I look like? What do we look like trying to convince everybody? The word says two-thirds ain't going to get it. So it's not even my job, brother, to make everybody want to fight for reparations. It's my job to unite the people that do. So that's what we're doing. And you I make focus you, just how we was talking about the the haters on social media, yeah. brother. I'm at a vibration, and you know what I'm talking about. When you're at that vibration as a man, you it usually take you until you about you in your 30s to kind of get there. But when you when you hit that vibration of I ain't got time for no BS, I'm rolling everything positive. You either with me or you ain't. I'm cool. That's where I'm at, brother. You know what I mean? So I don't fight with nobody. You won't see me arguing with nobody. You want to fight for reparations? Do you know you're an Israelite? Oh, yeah? Well, come on. Come on. Let's go together. Let's work together. No? Okay. Peace and blessing. You go about your work. And that's how I leave it, brother. You plant the seeds, but it's their job to do the water. I mean, I, I, I love it. And it's such a great point. And the thing, the thing about it is that right is right. Wrong is wrong. Wrong has been done to us. Wrong continues to be done to us. So make it right. Until, until it's made right, you're going to have issues and you're going to have problems. And that's, what it's, that's what it's all about. It's about right. It's right. And you can have the whole world, you can have the whole country be like, yeah, we know what we did to y'all. We know what happened because they, everybody like us, we like somebody, well, look at what we're doing with each other. You, you don't understand that the state and the condition that you're placed in because I tell people, I said, do you, you ever heard about the black codes? No, what is that? Oh, you never heard about the black codes. Somewhere. They really made it illegal to be out of work. Made it illegal to not have a job, to be standing around right after they ended slavery. So you create these conditions and put us in this. Now, we have a lot to blame as well. But what you're talking about, reparations, man, right is right when we sitting back and watching everybody else get a check and we get nothing. It's, 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 we cannot allow it to go unjustified and, you know once again we owe this to our it's not just our money we fight we're fighting for what's owed to our ancestors can they ever write a number down for what they did to our people absolutely not but i'm gonna tell you what you should not be scratching and clawing to get a down payment on your house not after all the hell your not after all the hell you done been through you shouldn't be scratching and clawing to get a down payment on a car. Not after all the hell your people done been through. 
Because guess what? I just spoke to a Japanese girl, brother. I don't know if you've seen one of my recent interviews. I just spoke to a Japanese girl who grandmother receives reparations till this day every month, $400. Is it a lot? No. But guess what? If you let $400 build up and just don't touch it, that's a that's probably a scholarship for one of your grandkids. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's something, you know? And I mean, that, that marks off a few bills. Uh, I, some of our people wish they had a free extra $400. We ain't got nothing. And the, the Japanese Americans, they, they got rounded up and put in concentration camps and they ain't taking nothing from what they went through. It was a tragedy. But does that compare to what we went through? Come on, brother. Well spoken, well said, brother. Now, hey, great conversation. I'm glad to, to, to crank it up with you. I'm glad we had this chance to talk, man. I know we're going to have another chance to talk. But anything else you want to add? I also want you to tell the people where they can get your books. Books and how they can find Absolutely. you on social media, brother. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Yeah, you can just hit the link in my bio. Follow me on Instagram. Rashad.singleton, R-A-S-H-A-A-D dot Singleton. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Brother Rashad. And uh, yeah, these are the, you can just you know hit these links and buy this Amazon. So you can find it on Amazon, The Hypocrisy Democracy, Arise Brother, and Ode to the Black Queen. Yeah, family, just, I, know, I appreciate you for having me. And, um, yeah, to, I would love to know about your journey. I know you played in the league. I would like to know about that, your journey to the NFL, and how was that? Oh, of course, bro. You know, born and raised here in Memphis, man. People here, man, played at Memphis State at the time, man. Went to, play, play, went to the NFL a couple of years. Played in the CFL, been in, you know, TV media here. I was a sports anchor for the longest time, sports director. You know, had the number one sports department, in Mem you know, here in Memphis and decided to leave last year because you know it is what it is man you know dealing with racism not you know overworking me I always want me to do this this but don't want to pay me uh what I'm what I'm earning and what I worth what I'm worth man so you know I've been doing that now because people been telling me a long time ago they were like doc when, when you when you gonna get out and do your own thing bro I'm like I, you know how we get comfortable you're like ah so it's like the most high like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in a situation I'm gonna push you out of there I'm gonna make you leave and he made me leave man so I decided to start my business then uh, talking to him with my guy, Cassius McGowan, ISF Production, who's with this beautiful studio. I came, he bought his equipment a couple of months ago, Rashad, and I came in and I was checking it out. I was like, well, you got, okay, I'll say, okay, Father. I said, you putting the chips, the, the pieces in place. So I said, let's go ahead and start the Doc Holiday Show, man. So that's what we're doing, man. Beautiful wife, four kids. You know, been with my wife since I was 13, man. So just around here fighting and struggling and, but it's all growth, and I love it, man. You know, I, I transition from sports, even though I did sports. You know me. You, I mean, you probably know it. You play basketball and you tall. People see you. They immediately want to talk about sports all the time. you like, I know sports, but my, my mind is somewhere else, man. That don't even excite me like that. So that's why I am in the nutshell, man. And, you know, and I'm just here trying, trying to uplift us and give us some positive images because – you know, on TV and radio and entertainment, bro, they're not going to give us no positive image of us, uh, images of us, bro. Right. Right, right. Absolutely, family. No, that 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 definitely, um, that kind of brings things together because I wasn't aware that you had uh, your own show, but I definitely noticed, like, I think you started to do social media uh, a while back. And uh, the way your setup was, was like instantly. So 
there was a, like a thought in my mind, like this doesn't seem like this is his first rodeo. No, I no. Feel like he's been doing this before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, hey, I, I've been at I've been sure. at this, bro, and my uh, guy, I got to give know, it bro, to him, Cassius McGowan, ISF Productions, right. man. He. He, I mean, the dude is a genius, man. I mean, I, I came in here. I'm like, well, you got this set up like a TV studio. And he got it hooked up one man band, man. So we just putting no, it together, it bro. It looks great. Yeah. It looks great. It looks great. I definitely took notice. Like, I, it popped out. Like, okay, I see what you're doing, dog. I definitely, yeah, it looks great, brother. Um, I, would, I would love to ask you a little bit of a change of pace. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, I understand the recent tragedy. The recent tragedy of uh young Dolph. Yeah. And I know that affected the city. How how are things there? Hey man, it's still uh it's still tedious. It's still fire hot. They actually, you know, we're speaking on Thursday today. Uh what is it, December 15th? What is it, Cass? What's the date? December 16th. They had a memorial at FedEx Forum today. So uh it's still, you know, it's still uh it's still hot. You know, it was hot before it happened, but it's still been really hot, man. It's a lot of a lot of things happening that the news and the media is not reporting on. But, you know, it's still a sad situation, man. You know, you have a guy who, uh, you know, you had young Dolph, but you also had Adolph Thornton Jr., man, who was, uh, you know, had a beautiful black queen, two beautiful black, uh, uh, black babies, gorgeous son and daughter, man, and doing a lot for the community. So, uh, you, of course, you got dudes around here still upset. And uh, I'm just hoping that it calms down soon, man. Uh, I know I didn't reach out to some gang members, a, a lot of partners who – They've reached out to gang members to try to talk, to try to get this thing squashed and try to get whoever did this, you know, get get their ass off the streets because they need to be off the streets, man. But right now, you know, it's still uh, – yeah, Memphis is still upset, man, especially in the inner city where I'm from and where I still live. So we, we just hoping that, you know, it calms down, man, and these young brothers, you know, calm down and come together and stop all of this. Yeah, because, I mean – you know, being from Florida, one, it's, it's two things. First off, I didn't know Memphis was like that. Like, I knew it was a, it was a little rough. You know, I knew I, 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 everybody, we all listened to little 3-6 Mafia back in the day. So, you know, yeah. you get, but I didn't know it was like, yo, like, that's Chicago level. That's that's Los Angeles level. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to, I don't want to see Memphis get that stereotype. Uh, that unfortunately kind of Los Angeles has that they're killing their own stars. Like that, that's not right. You know what I mean? Like this has to change. I don't know if it needs to be massive peace events, massive peace rallies, but you know, I'm at your disposal, brother. If y'all have anything and I can try to get to Memphis, uh, you know, we, we got to get the peace because we understand that this is a plot. This is exactly what has been orchestrated. Us killing ourselves, th this is a part of their plan. So don't think you're winning by harming your brother. You're doing exactly. you When you harm your brother, when you harm your sister, you become a perfect product of white supremacy. And you, and you and you you are exactly right, brother. And the thing about it is that see, people I know what the the national media sees, and you know, and the sad part is, you know, Memphis has gotten that rap because it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of poverty, it's a lot of, a lot of unemployment, and it is a lot of madness going on. But it's always been going on like that. But you also have strong brothers like me, like Cassius, 
throughout the city, man, who have been fighting and combating that. And somebody like myself that from the inner city can still go to the hood and they be like, what up, Doc? I ain't seen you on TV in a minute, man. I saw what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So put your hands on them and you can talk to them. And I, you know, like if like if you were to come see, a lot of people think they come to Memphis. Oh, I'm scared. They're going to do, you know, uh, and the sad part is that, you know, it's all of it's sad, but no one has to be afraid to come here because they doing it to themselves, man, which they need to stop. And that's why I, every chance I get to catch an ear, I'm telling them. Every chance I get to snatch them up or say something to them, the discipline, people be like, man, you need to stop. I'm like, no, I'm not staying out of that because we have to police our own communities. And a lot of times these young fellas, they want you to say something to them, man, because they want to know that someone cares. So it is like that, and I know it looks tough, man. And, but I'm the type, I'm the right type of person. I'm gonna say something to him, brother, because we can't keep doing like this. We can't keep going like this. We're gonna damn near be extinct if y'all keep killing us, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm here for you, brother. Anything I can do to help, just let me know. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And the same here, man. Anything else you want to add, man, before we get up out of here, Rashad? I appreciate the time. Great conversation. Anything else you want to add, man? No, brother. I'm just grateful, grateful, grateful that you have me on your platform. I look forward to the next time. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. All praises to the most high. That's going to do it for another excellent episode of the Doc Holiday Show, where we love to uplift black men, black women, black teen, black child, black royalty. Until next time, thanks again to Rashad Singleton. Go get his book and follow him on IG, Rashad.Singleton, Black Excellence. This is Black Excellence. This show is about black royalty and the uplift of us. Until next time, we out. What you